great. Good evening, Tom. Very nice to have you with us uh, to feature you on our next edition of um, the Wealth Aid newsletter. Um, and thank you. I'd like to start our conversation off by asking you about your background. Just tell us a bit about you know, your story so far. My story so far. So I grew up in London and Nigeria and Uganda. Um, I studied physics at university and then I worked in the technology industry for about 10 years for large companies like uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Goldman Sachs, the London Stock Exchange. And then I became an entrepreneur. So I started setting up companies. Uh, I would set them up, build them up, sell them or sell my stake, uh, and then set up another company. I've probably set up six or seven companies over my career now. Um, my latest company is called Crossword. It's a cybersecurity company listed on the AIM market of the London Stock Exchange. It's doing really well. Um, and then on the charity side, I've been setting up schools. I've been involved in education for some time. And my most recent school, which we set up a few years ago, is called the African Science Academy in Ghana. Well, great. Yeah, well, you've been, you've been busy, <laughs> for sure. Now, tell us, what, what is, what's inspired your entrepreneurial journey? What's, what's, what's you know, inspired my entrepreneurial journey? I think I've always had an entrepreneurial element. So even when I was at university um, in Nigeria, um, I was already starting to try out some entrepreneurial ventures. Uh, we were making clothes. Uh, we, I, had a, I had a little fashion company called... Ace, fashion for men. Nobody knows that, but <laughs> a few people used to wear the trousers. What I did is I went and bought lots of material and then I hired some tailors and then we designed some trendy trousers and then we sold them around the university and so forth. So I was doing that way back then, but then I decided I needed a corporate career. So I developed down the corporate path, but I think there was always this desire inside me to get back out there and set up my own company and become uh, an entrepreneur again. Right, and, and you took the dive. So how many years did you spend sort of in corporate? Um, I spent about life? 10 years in corporate life. Um, and, uh, and so I was in my early thirties when I decided to become an entrepreneur. When I look back on it, I do wonder whether I should have gone down the entrepreneurial path earlier, but I think you can start to be an entrepreneur at any point in, in your career, there isn't really a particular point when you should be an entrepreneur. And I think it's really when you feel ready, when you feel motivated, confident, uh, you have the network, you step out and start to make it happen. So what, what challenges have you had to overcome? Because I'm sure it's not been an easy As an entrepreneur, you know. oh, mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, you have, you have challenges all the time. But what I found is that in, in life, in business life, you will always have challenges and you just get to pick the challenges that you want to wrestle with. So if you decide that you're going to develop in corporate life, you'll have certain challenges. You'll have the corporate politics, you'll have issues about promotion and so forth. In entrepreneurial life, you don't have those sorts of issues, but you have a whole different set of issues. So how are you going to raise money? How mm -hmm. are you going to attract people? Uh, how are you going to get that first client that validates you, that then gets you the next client and the next client later on as the business is successful? When do you exit? Do you exit? Um, do you stay with the company? Do you grow it even bigger? Um, when a downturn comes, how do you survive the downturn? You have all of those challenges all the time. And I think rather than thinking 
these are challenges. I mean, they are challenges, but it's sort of the reason why you do it. It's kind of like if you were a swimmer, you wouldn't see getting wet as a challenge. You would just see it as that's what you do. That's well, if you're an entrepreneur, you raise money and you hustle and you bustle. That's what you do. So you can look at it as a challenge or you can look at it as that's what being an entrepreneur. Part of the journey. Absolutely. And, and let's tell me on this on this journey, who has been because I, th I think I think you're an inspiration and mentor to to many um, sort of entrepreneurs. But who's been your mentor? Who, who has been an inspi oh, inspiration to you on your journey? Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of people that have mentored me or inspired me in one way or another, often without actually knowing that that's what they're that's what they're doing. You know, I had an elder brother who mm. passed away some years ago, Jim, he was a, a huge inspiration for me. And I think he was inspiring to me because he was very relaxed and he enjoyed life and he just navigated the world in a kind of easy way. And I was a bit more of a, a hustler and a bit pushy. Uh, and I think he taught me how to enjoy life uh, a bit more. My younger brother is you know, very, very smart, very, very intellectually intense and a huge inspiration to me. The young people that I work with are great inspirations uh, to me as well. And then outside of my field, um, there's a, an, a, a physicist called uh, Richard Feynman, uh, whose, whose ability to think about and solve problems in really sort of in interesting left field ways that you wouldn't have thought of. Again, a huge inspiration uh, to me. Um, there's a chap called uh, Ken Elisa, uh, Sir Kenneth Elisa, um, <laughs> who I've known now for you know, over a decade or more, um, who's sort of in, like me in some ways, but 10 years ahead. And just sort of, sometimes you need to be able to look at someone who's running ahead of you uh, and you just think they are forging a path that maybe you want to follow. And so often these people, they don't realize that they're being your mentors or being inspirational, but you you get something from them. And that's, that's yeah, what I Those are probably some of the best ones. If you say they're not intentional, but then yeah, what they're doing is worth following. So that's, that, that's great. Now you, you mentioned the school. Um, in Ghana, and I think that's very dear to your heart. Um, so, so tell us a bit about that, your journey as a philanthropist, what motivated you to even start a school in Ghana? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So it was probably about 15 years ago when I had started to have some degree of success on the on the business side, and, uh, and I felt that I wanted to make a broader contribution. And in fact, that was inspired by my then chairman of one of my companies, where I was having a tough time. I, you know, I was really struggling as a chief executive. I was doubting myself. Was I good enough and so forth and struggling with some of the day to day challenges. And I sat down with him to talk it through. And what he said was, OK, let's forget about your day to day business at the moment. Tell me about what you would want to achieve in the long term. And I talked about this vision of working in education in Africa and having a real impact and so forth. And we talked about that for a while. And then he said, well, okay, now let me tell you something. Your ability to build your business, that is the ticket that allows you to fulfill this long-term mission. So 
look at it like that. You know, if you do that right and if you do it well, you get to play the longer term game. And that was a real sort of, oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. As that business and as my businesses became successful and you know, frankly, I made a bit of money, I was then able to think about what do I do on the philanthropy side? I, I was involved in setting up a number of schools in the UK and I set up a school called Hammersmith Academy and various others. And then I focused on Africa. And what I was interested in is young people who are exceptionally academically gifted, but come from less privileged backgrounds. And how could we create a learning environment for them. And that resulted in creating the African Science Academy, which is for young women who are exceptionally gifted in science and passionate about STEM subjects, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. We bring them together into the school from across Africa. We have yet students from Ghana, Nigeria, Sierra Leone, Ethiopia, uh, Zimbabwe, Zambia. This year, we're having our first students from Iswatini, from Rwanda. It's really fascinating, mm. Togo, Cameroon, and so forth. And of course, you know, as I said, Ghana and Nigeria. And they come together in this school and they do A-levels in maths, further maths, physics in 12 months rather than two years. And they all pass and they almost all get A-stars and A's and B's. And then they get snapped up by universities on full scholarships all over the world. And it's probably the most satisfying thing uh, Mm. that I've ever done. Amazing. And, and your foundation that runs at school, is that called the Africa Gifted? Yes. So the foundation is the African Gifted, Gifted Foundation. Gifted. Uh, it's based in the UK. Uh, and, you know, we have a lot of uh, support and we're always looking for people who are interested in really sort of changing the narrative around young women, young African women, uh, you know, showing that they can be world class in STEM subjects and have a global impact and an impact across the continent. That's fantastic. So it's a registered charity in the UK. So if we Absolutely. want to give, give to it, we can. That's um, that's um, truly inspiring for sure. So apart from work and um, fundraising for the school, what do you do in your spare time? If you've got, spare- <laughs> <laughs> if you've got any. Well, yeah. So I'm, I your run office. my company, obviously. I, I run the school. I'm also on the board of the BBC. Uh, I'm on the board of WPP, the world's largest advertising uh, agency. Uh, I'm a fellow of a couple of Oxford colleges, St. Anne's College, Oxford, Jesus College, Oxford, that I help to uh, advise and, uh, and, and, and so forth. So I have quite a busy life, to be honest. Um, but to wind down, I do Tai Chi, which is quite relaxing and centers you and helps with posture and breathing. I go on long walks. I do very large puzzles, 2,000 piece, 3,000 piece puzzles okay. for ages, late into the night, just putting wow. bits of the jigsaw yeah. in place. Uh, so that's, uh, and I read, you know, I read a lot of books, as you can see behind me. Yeah. Uh, I, I consume a lot of books. <laughs> so, um, so, well, you, you have a tiny bit of spare time, okay, okay. <laughs> from what I can see. So tell me, what are your, um, I mean, obviously you've probably got, a, we can learn a lot from you. What are your three top tips or advice for anyone sort of starting, launching a business or starting on the entrepreneurial journey? I think the three top tips would be start with the client. Really, rather than your idea, try and put yourself Try and become your client, you know, really immerse yourself in an understanding of your client and 
not with rose-tinted spectacles, you know, really try and think like them. What do they care about? What don't they care about? You know, think about their lives, whether they're a company or whether they're an individual. So that's sort of number one. Number two, I think, is to separate out your purpose, what you're trying to achieve in the long term from your short term game, the steps that you will take in the short term and allow yourself the flexibility to adjust your game along the way whilst mm. keeping the purpose fixed. And that gives you a lot of flexibility along the way. And the third is really come to embrace failure because you have to fail as an entrepreneur and you will fail over and over. I am a master of failure. I fail constantly, but then I come back again and I fail and then I come back again and again and again and everyone else gets tired and I keep going and I keep going and then eventually I win. So understanding your relationship with failure and embracing failure and finding the way that you can handle it and drive forward is absolutely key to being an entrepreneur. Well, thanks for keeping it real, because we everybody think, you know, you, we see the success stories and we, we all think it was easy, but you're right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what entrepreneurs say, it's Absolutely. not like that. <laughs> so, now tell me, um, how do you manage your finances? What's your attitude to savings and investments? Yeah, so I am very cautious when it comes to my finances, actually, because what I do is, I only invest, I, I'm not an angel investor. So from an entrepreneurial point of view, I invest in my own companies and then you know, that I'm running and then I watch that. And therefore, because I'm very exposed on that side to, you know, I put a lot of money into my own companies and then I run those companies. For the rest of my portfolio, it tends to be fairly risk averse. So I work with a financial advisor um, who looks after my portfolio and we take a relatively low risk, low cost, low risk, diversified approach to investment. Uh, um, portfolio theory, we just make sure that we spread uh, the assets across fixed income, bonds and, uh, and equities, uh, and we, we watch it that way. I tend not to pick stocks. I don't do that. Uh, I'm interested in classes of assets. Um, and then I monitor that through an online platform that allows me to see what the portfolio is doing. Um, but I'm not trading. I'm not sort of in and out of things. I'm just setting it up in the right way. And once or twice a year, I'll rebalance the portfolio depending on my risk appetite. And then we go from there. Great wise words. Thank you. What next? My final question. What next for Tom? I can see you. I can see you already see what you might, you might be doing in 10 years or what you want to look like. But what's your, what's your next sort of step was your next dream my next dream I, um i've always wondered whether i could at some stage write a book um i i'm not yet i need to think about what i would want to talk about and uh, and what i would have to share um but uh, at some stage i might think about that and that could be interesting uh, i'll want to do more on the education side i think there are fascinating uh, things to do there um, and I want to think more about 
the future. I want to sort of stand in the future. I often, uh, just this weekend, I was chatting to someone about, you know, what will what will life look like in 30 years time, in 40 years time? I mean, how many more viruses will we have to live through? Yeah. And how many more <laughs> pandemics will we have to live through? No, I'm, I'm, yes. quite, I'm quite optimistic. I'm quite optimistic. So, you know, if we can develop the sort of vaccines and so forth that we have for this virus in this short period of time, imagine what we'll be able to do on the medical side in 30 or 40 years time. So I'm really quite optimistic about the, uh, about the future. I'm just sort of sad that I may not be around long enough to see it. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, uh, we'll stay on as long as we can. Well, thank you, Tom. That's been really, really engaging. Thank you very much um, for spending your time with us. Thank you very much. I'm just going to...